listening is a power skill. It's not a soft skill. So we often think of listening or people skills are thought of as soft skills, or that's how it's talked about in the business world. But you know, then you hear people saying, hey, you know, it's, it's a hard skill. With listening, I don't believe that listening is even a hard skill. It's a power skill. You're listening to The Wholehearted Podcast, and I'm your host, Cohen Tan. I'm on a mission to set hearts free and inspire people to break out of their self-limitations to create the life of their dreams. Each episode, I speak to people around the world who live with vigor, courage, and authenticity. And I hope their stories can inspire you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hello, listeners to the Wholehearted Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have with me Raquel Ark. She is a communications and listening advisor, a coach and trainer, and also a TEDx speaker. She's also the founder and president of Listening Alchemy, a communications training and coaching company. She is the podcast host of the Listening Superpower podcast. When I found out about this podcast, I knew I have to invite Raquel onto this show. Hi, Raquel. How are you? Great. It's wonderful to be here with you. And when you asked me, I knew I had to be on this show. Fantastic. So Raquel, <laughs> I know you are an expert on listening, but today our listeners are going to be peeling their ears and listening to you share. So we are really looking forward to that. So yeah, thank you. That doesn't always <laughs> happen. So. <laughs> yeah, indeed. You know, so the shoe is on the other foot right now, but, um, we will be listening wholeheartedly to you. So let's get started with um, a general question. What does wholehearted leadership mean to you, Raquel? Oh, wholehearted leadership. Um, one of the things that I have been practicing, even for myself on a personal level, and also professionally, is how to lead from the heart. And part of that has to do with really listening deeply to myself to what's important to me, what's meaningful for me, and no matter what the circumstances, what's my truth. And at the same time, um, bringing that into and connecting with the person or the people in the space and in the room and what might be needed in that moment, besides having uh, the future in mind and where we wanna go. So having that future, having that in mind and knowing where we want to navigate to, but at the same time to be here really present and really in right now. And I can give you an example. Um, right now, I'm the president of the International Listening Association, which is a volunteer led organization with a lot of people who just love listening. There's professors and educators and scientists and students and business people. It's a mix of people from around the world. And we had our um, we have a, a convention once a year, and it was the first convention that we had had since the pandemic. And we just had that in mind, Germany last month. And you have to realize, you know, people have not, a lot of people hadn't met before or they hadn't seen each other for a lot of years. And the organization has changed and we see it shift, shifting. And so in that moment, um, there were times where I had to you know, speak, you know, when we do our public speaking as a leader. But I realized I decided, even though I had my notes and my plan to speak what was needed in the moment. So I, I was prepared, but then I let it go and just trusted that what wanted to be said um, 
was said. And in that moment, it connected and it was more, it was authentic, it was vulnerable. I wasn't being perfect. I wasn't being the expert. I was just being human who wants to make a difference with other humans that want to make a difference. And I think that created an atmosphere where instead of people becoming experts, they became more community. Um, so that's one example of a leadership way that I've been playing and practicing with that is good for me and it seems to be working with others. Wow, there's so much that you've said there that needs to be unpacked. Um, the first part here <laughs> is really um, the idea of uh, presencing, uh, being present to the moment mm -hmm. and really listening, um, that's your superpower, listening to what is what is being, uh, listening to the room, reading the room, listening to what is required in that moment. I think this is so important, especially a lot of um, the meetings, conferences, and discussions that we are having now, and even on social media, is all around AI, and how do we ride this wave of AI, and uh, what's the future going to look like. There's a lot of future pacing, but not always in a good way. Sometimes there's a lot of fear, a lot of fear-driven conversations around that. And I think um, that's just so beautiful, right? being able to tune in to what's needed for the moment. Well, I mean, it's the same thing when we're in our day-to-day -day work and we have meetings and we're switching from one to the other. And sometimes now the problem with the with doing things online is you can do back-to-back -back from one second mm -hmm. to the other, moving from one place to the other, where beforehand we would get up and walk someplace, right? And so you have time to switch off or to switch to the next person, place. And our brains do not switch easy from one to the other. We need that that moment to be able to reflect on what just happened and maybe prepare for the next one and also to connect to ourselves in the meantime. And so that's something in terms of leadership and listening and being able to listen to ourselves and be prepared to listen to others so that we can have more impact and also our presence impacting the the presence of the person that's in the room. If you come in at this, you know, and you're really hectic or you just got into an argument with someone and you go into the next one, you're going to take that energy into the next space and you're going to have impact whether you like it or not. I have, I mean, I'm not, you know, with your, with your listeners, um, I have a, a client of mine who recognized that this back to back was really causing stress and they weren't able to shift. So they actually started, um, timing 10 minutes in between the meetings. And even though they lost time, that gave them a lot of time because what happened is they could use the first few minutes just to kind of, you know, cl do closure on what just happened. Then he would take a glass of water and he would drink a glass of water for himself, feeling the water go into his body as he was drinking it. He became present. Then he was able to shift to the next one and prepare his mind for the next one. And so that 10 minutes was really precious. And he recognized that he was able to be calmer, that he impacted the people he was with, and that he was actually more effective. So that 10 minutes of lost time actually gained him a lot of time with other things. As just one little example. That is so beautiful, right? Um, the idea of really slowing down in order to go faster. I mean, it sounds like an oxymoron, but it really is that because, I mean, there's just so much, I'll call this emotional whiplash, 
right? Uh, one moment you are in a sales conversation where your adrenaline is, is high. The next moment you perhaps could be in a counseling conversation or coaching conversation for an employee of yours. And it's just very different cadence, different frequency. And the energy is so different. And um, even if we are fully capable of code switching, what is actually lost is there's a lot of emotional residue at the end of the day with this code switching. And our, our, our minds and our hearts become really fatigued. And I think, um, mm-hmm. I think we have really dived right into the deep end right now. <laughs> that, you know, this is um, extremely important um, so that we can become wholehearted leaders that bring the best out of people we lead today. So that wholehearted leadership needs space and time. And sometimes <laughs> we don't feel like we have that time, but actually, if it's done well, you actually gain more time. Yesterday, I, I was doing a communication training, which was basically, it's lead, listening is the foundation. So we, we, do it, we start with listening, because how can you speak well or how can you communicate well if you haven't listened first? to yourself, to the other person, to the situation, um, so that you have more impact. And we do a few little, just small exercises where people are just listening to each other for a couple of minutes. And it's amazing how when it's done well, in just a couple minutes, they're changing each other in just a few minutes. And they have a new idea, they have a solution, they have, uh, I don't know, they feel better. and only two minutes or four minutes have gone by. It doesn't take that much time. And so it doesn't mean that we do it all the time, but when we do it, to do it well, and then give space and time in between that, you know? So a lot of times in these meetings and stuff, people are just in their own minds, in their own head, and they're just discussing, and and we're not really getting what's happening with other people, and we're not really getting what's happening with each other. And that wastes a lot of time and energy. That doesn't have to happen. Wow, that is so beautifully articulated. Um, I think where we give space, we allow um, people to really think and really process their thoughts. And um, I think Mm. dialogues and conversations are really exercises in thinking together. I think uh, I'm a big, big believer of that. Uh, Why? Because a lot of times when we uh, listen in order to react and respond, uh, conversation becomes like a tennis match where, you know, um, I am trying to outdo you in, my, in what I say and you're trying to outdo me in what I say. And it's almost like a, like a ping pong or a t- tennis match. And it, sh- it shouldn't be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. You know, conversations, I mean, truly meaningful conversations are dialogue in, uh, I mean, are exercises in thinking together where we build on what each other are saying and so that we ed- enhance and advance uh, the ideas, the agenda um, in, in, in our, in, through that conversation. What is your experience on that? I'm totally with you. And it doesn't mean that we're agreeing with each other all the time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it always is easy or comfortable. Yet we are moving things forward. We're, we're not in this. If you, if you listen to the flow and rhythm of what's happening in the room, and if you do notice it's back and forth and it's not going anywhere, then probably something's not working. And yet, if we can interact with each other, we're listening to the other person, we're paying attention, we're really interested and willing to change. And we can come back with questions, we can come back with challenges, it's okay, as long as it's connecting to what's happening in the room, and not just this, 
thing that happens or not this winning losing thing you know it's all information mm. we're all working it out and if we do that then then we'll get somewhere something will come out of that i ca- like to call those those gold nuggets maybe we know the next step maybe we have a different perspective maybe we recognize what we still need to find out or who needs to be involved or or we're a step closer and and i don't think it happens all at once i think if we would plan more shorter moments of talking about things and having space in between to think about things and then to come back and reflect and see where are we now or what's happening now if we would do more of these listening loops. I know people talk about feedback loops. I'd like to say listening loops. Then, <laughs> then we will more organically and naturally move forward in the direction that is supporting more of the whole system, which would be important with whole leadership. Now, there's a lot that we haven't prototyped in the listening. I would love if there's listening, if there's leaders listening to this. You know, we're working with pockets of people trying to see how to integrate this listening piece into meetings or into decision making or whatever. But there's still a lot of pioneering work. We have not fully integrated to this type of thing into the system because the focus hasn't been there. The focus has been more on the verbal side, on communication, communication, on pushing out. And yet you can't have one without the other. So it's not whole yet. Absolutely. I think this really um, ties in very nicely with the work of Nancy Klein um, around the book, Mm -hmm. Time to Think. And I'm a big fan of that uh, book as well. I think, as I said, um, conversations are exercises in thinking together. Uh, So I understand that you grew up in Puerto Rico, like your your family moved Mm -hmm. to Puerto Rico and you spent a good time in Puerto Rico. It's like, how has growing up in Puerto Rico shaped uh, you as a listener? So yeah, I w- yes, I was born in Puerto Rico and I lived there until I was like nine. And then I spent always summers and, and Christmases in Puerto Rico. Um, my dad still lives there. As a listener, in a big way, I learned how to listen. My first teacher of listening were the waves at the beach. We used to go, <laughs> we used to go camping on the beach all the time. And I remember when I would lay down to fall asleep, the waves are what put me to sleep. And when I woke up, the waves were what were telling me to come and play out in the water. And <laughs> so the, the, the waves and being in nature really had an impact on my listening because that's when I feel like I'm fully present. It brings me to my presence and I mean, even right now, I can hear the waves, I can feel the sun on my face, I can hear the breeze or feel the breeze on my skin. I can do that right now. And so when I bring the waves or the beach to myself right now, then I'm fully present. So that's one thing. And, you know, the waves have give and take. They're constantly adapting the environment. So there's a lot of lessons to be learned, you know, from that now reflecting back as an adult. Um, and I remember also getting in the water and you'd hear all the boats or you hear people laughing and then you would dive underneath in the water and it was quiet, you know, it's so quiet. And then you were like in your mom's womb, you know? <laughs> so I remember playing like that, you know, noise and, and so I did a lot of that when I was a kid. So that probably had an impact on my listening. And the other thing I've realized over time is that I listen, um, when I need a metaphor to think about how I would describe listening, I go to a sunset. And why do I go to a sunset? 
because in the Caribbean, if you've ever watched a sunset, you have these colors that are just changing as the sun is going down, right? They're pinks and purples and all these different colors, but they're constantly changing. And in order to see that, you're leaning back and getting in the whole perspective. And you can't look at the sun directly because you'll hurt your eyes. You can glance at it a little bit. You see the impact of the sun on the clouds, on the, on the water, in the reflection of the sun on the water, but you can't always look directly at the sun. So you, it's there, but you see the impact. So you're leaning back, not leaning forward, and you're taking in the whole picture. And you have to pay attention to the sun still, because at the very end, if you're not paying attention, you might miss something that's like a green flash that happens at the very last second, just for a couple seconds. And if you don't pay attention, you'll miss it. And this is like listening where you can't maybe look directly at the person or you can't, you know, there's sometimes there's a lot of stuff that's a little bit bright, but you want to take in the whole environment, the whole perspective, all the subtle changes, what's happening in the moment. And then every so often, not every time, there'll be a green flash. It'll be um, an aha moment. It'll be recognizing what's important. It'll be, you know, that golden nugget thing that we talk about. Yeah. And that's, and that's when, you know, that's the type of listening that I really feel has a huge impact. Wow, that is just so, so beautiful. Thank you, Raquel, for sharing that. Um, and so you have done so much research and work around listening. And if listening are so important for leaders, why are leaders having challenges listening? <laughs> well, we're still figuring that out. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of different reasons. You know, when you listen, you actually lose auto, autocratic power, <laughs> this top-down power. That power will go down, and probably there's a survival mechanism that kicks in for leaders subconsciously because they sense that. Here's the thing. When you're a listening leader or one that we won't be perfect all the time, but, you know, you really work at that part your prestige power goes up. This is the power where you inspire and people want to follow you. And so as a leader, you have to be aware of this and make a choice on what kind of power you want to have or use or be. And sometimes we need to you know, use that autocratic power. If there's a crisis, and things need to be taken care of, and you need someone who just tells people what to do, sometimes you have to do that. But in general, overall, for this wholehearted leadership, this prestige power is what has more impact to make that happen. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is that we assume that because we have a couple of years, because we were born with it, that we automatically know how to listen, or we assume that, yeah, we, we assume it just happens, but it doesn't. We have to learn how to listen, just in the same way you, we have to learn how to speak. We have to learn how to listen. And what is taught in schools often, there's not that much listening taught in schools. And what it is, is like, you know, stand up, focus, look straight. You know, that's actually fake listening. That's not the that's really deep listening, this, this listening that impacts change. I change, you change. We're changing each other in this conversation right now. This is the type of listening we're talking about. And we don't, um, that's, we don't have those in our education systems. We don't have that much in business and leadership training. And when we do, it might be a workshop or something else on you know, active listening or whatever, but they're not in every organization. So um, 
so the research is showing that in order for us to become better listeners, just reading about it or talking about it or writing about it, it doesn't work. We have to experience it, we have to practice it, and we have to have time to reflect on it after. This experiential learning and reflection afterwards is what we've on, the only thing we've been able to see that is actually impacting behavioral change so far. Wow, there's so much that you that you just shared that I think needs to be unpacked a little. Uh, it seems to me, it sounds like listening has got transformative powers in a sense that um, it because the world that we live in today is so noisy with everybody, I think I call it engaging in a positional arms race of looking to out talk each other. And uh, mm. I think uh, social media has just, you know, democratized expression. And, and now with armed with this tool, people are just just climbing over themselves to try to out talk each other out, out, outshine each other. And there isn't a lot of listening going on. So how can you, how can we reverse this trend by being better listeners? Do you have an idea when you say that? Personally, um, I, I, I have always been, I wouldn't say I'm a great listener, but I've always been an empath. So mm -hmm. I am an empath and I'm also a highly sensitive person. I didn't know if this was a thing until I came across the, the work of Elaine Aaron around highly sensitive people. And so now it makes a lot of sense. Why is it that I'm sensitive to loud noises? I'm sensitive to, to, to crowded places. I'm sensitive to people's mm -hmm. energy. You know, the thing you call you know, the, the intuition, the sixth sense, the gut feeling. I can pick up people's emotions. I can pick up the, the, the atmosphere of a room very, very quickly. And uh, so I am listening at a very, very 360 um, kind of way. And uh, when I was young, this was, it's like surround sound listening. And sometimes I'm, I'm picking up on all this information. I didn't know what to do with it. It, it kind of overwhelms mm -hmm. me. But now yeah. uh, what happens is that it allows me to take a, an empathetic pause, an empathetic breath, and just tune in. And I think the word here is attunement. Tuning in to really listening, not just with my ears, but with my eyes, with my whole body, and listening to what people are saying, how they are saying it, but more importantly, what they're not saying, and why are they not saying it? Could it be that they are afraid of saying it? There's not a lot of psychological safety in the room. Could it be that they, are, they don't know how to say it? It could be they don't have the vocabulary, they don't have the, the confidence to say it. Or it just really could be that they don't, they're not even aware that they want to say something. And I think you described your experience of how, you, how we take in information and um, how that impacts you in tuning into that, like learning how to work with it instead of like being overwhelmed by it. You know, this is, sounds like that's what you have learned on your journey. And... Um, the fact that you're paying attention is a huge thing. Even though some people are extremely sensitive like you are, all of us are impacted by the things, by the input and information that's coming in around this, that we're picking up with our senses. Every interaction that we have impacts us physically, emotionally, in our minds, and we may be picking something up that we want to use, or we might be learning something about that other person, about the situation. And this is happening all the time, but we don't we're, we're not paying attention. We're not aware of it. 
But when it comes down to it, we have to go back to each of us as an individual and what are we doing? You know, how are we listening? What can we do? Um, that's where it starts. It starts with you, it starts with me. And that, and recognizing that listening is multi-layers and it's whole body. So one of the most powerful um, practices that has impact also in the training I do with people is to, when there's an interaction, to help them become aware of what just happened in their bodies, what emotion showed up, whether it was theirs or the other person's, um, if their mind was busy or was it clear and what was keeping it busy. And usually there's a gold nugget they've learned, you know, that's uh, something meaningful for them that they just picked up from that, whether they were the listener or the speaker. And, and then to notice also at work, like with people you're interacting with, hey, I've just learned something about this person that will help me work with them better in the future. It could be their values, what's important to them, what they struggle with, what their strengths are. But often we're not paying attention. And if you start paying attention, you will start noticing that there's some people that you can listen well with in some situations, in some circumstances, every so often. No matter, and you might be good in those situations. Your listening might be really good there. But there's other situations, certain people, in certain ways, and how often that we're not. And so the challenge is where, where does it work well? Where do I struggle? What is it that I can do to practice when I feel safe so that when those situations come up where I'm triggered or where I don't do it well, where I'm able um, to do better? And what is it I need, the conditions I need to be able to do that better? What are the conditions that, that person needs in order to e maybe even listen to me better? You know, so often I find that helping people to become aware is one thing, of what's actually happening. But being gentle on yourselves or on others, because often we're like, oh, my mind is always busy. I'm a horrible listener. We're really great at that self-critical thing. Don't worry about it. It is what it is. You're human. Just notice it and then get back and practice that muscle getting back to listening or someone's not listening to me. Well, they may not realize it. They have probably stuff going on in their mind. You know, what can I do to support that that's easier there? When I'm working with clients or working with groups, we look at how can we pr get prepared so that we can create the conditions that we can listen well or communicate easier? And what is it that we need to prepare to make it easier for others to be able to listen to us or for the group to listen to each other, to facilitate that? The second is I've done this preparation, I'm ready. And then when I come into the room, gotta let it go, <laughs> let it go. And the most important thing is to be present. And then how do you practice that presence and trust that presence? And then the third thing is it takes practice and you're gonna mess up. Things are not gonna always go well. You're gonna feel awkward, but that's okay. Have fun with it, enjoy it play and practice. And there's lots of really fun, experimental ways that you can do that, even in tough situations. Make it fun. <laughs> wow, fantastic. What I'm hearing from you is that um, listening is not a passive spot. Um, listening is not just something you sit back and just receive. There's this whole layer of you know self-awareness, suspending your biases and judgment um, so that you are able to listen. I think uh, one of my friends, his name is Rob Volpe. He, he's an expert on empathy. And he, he said in his book that making judgments is like having noise-canceling earphones on. When you have a judgment, 
and a bias, you stopped listening. Or that listening yeah. is kind of tinged with, you know, your own judgment. And uh, I think that's mm-hmm. so, so powerful. And of course, there's also that level of filtering and and uh, critical thinking as you're listening. So it's, it seems to be like a, a very active spot. It's like a, a very, very powerful um, process beyond just you know, passively listening. Listening is a power skill. It's not a soft skill. Oh, love it. Can you care to share more about that? So we often think of listening or people skills are thought of as soft skills, or that's how it's talked about in the business world. But you know, then you hear people saying, hey, no, it's, it's a hard skill. With listening, I don't believe that listening is even a hard skill. It's a power skill. And you can use it in a lot of different ways. So you have to be really considerate and thoughtful about how this listening skill and the power it has and what it can do and how it has impact. And not listening has a huge power. And so it can go either way. So to recognize that it is maybe a power skill or a power capacity or it's, it's powerful and not soft and not hard. Once you start practicing it and noticing what happens and what the impact is on yourself, on other people, on the situation, then you'll start, you'll probably be surprised. Surprised, but not surprised, you know? <laughs> and once you start becoming more intentional with this listening practice, this will help as a leader or a wholehearted leader to navigate through those tough conversations or those tough situations towards, you know, these, these gold nuggets, you know? This is, this is what, you know, when I think about listening alchemy, it's about, you know, you have things that are messy. It's, it's, it's got impurities. It's, you know, it's not, it's heavy. <laughs> it's lead. And um, you're experimenting, you're playing around, you're trying different things out. And then these little, these gold nuggets start showing up, right? As you face the challenges of living up to your own and others' expectations, you may sometimes feel lost and lonely. However, know that you're not alone. We are here to support you in leaning courageously into your heart's promptings. If you'd like more tips, resources, and to learn more about how you can live more wholeheartedly, or to book me as a speaker, trainer, or coach, please go to coentan.com. That's C-O-E-N-T-A-N.com. And just as an example, even, yesterday I had a conversation with a client and she was wanted to get coached about someone who um, was a challenging partner that they had to work on for the success of a project. And it sounds like this person um, was really busy, under pressure, didn't have time to listen, or they just you know want things done quick, you know, one of these things, and it's a pattern. And the more we got into the conversation, all of a sudden she said, you know, I used to be a yes person, always passive. And I realized that because of this person, I can say no now. <laughs> I can put boundaries down. And I thought, wow, so even if you don't um, work things out with this person, that is a gold nugget. This person has been on your journey to teach you what your boundaries are, to teach you what you're willing to do or what you're willing not to do, when to say yes and when to say no. And it's impacting the perception of others um, towards you as a leader because you're protecting them. 
So I know it's not easy, but that's a gold nugget. <laughs> wow, I think what I'm hearing is that you're listening beyond what people are trying to express, but you're listening to what is it that people truly want to say from their hearts. Yeah, and their, and their journeys and where they're going. Yeah. This is the listening piece is, is much more than the words, right? It's also us knowing that we're okay. And talking about the journey, right? It's like, um, how did you get into um, listening as your superpower? How, when, when did you discover that it's your superpower? I think that was a journey too. I studied interpersonal and organizational communication a long time ago. I always liked people. And, but I didn't think much about listening. We had listening in the program, but I didn't think much about it. And um, if, I, if I look back, I was probably someone who connected pretty well with people. Um, I knew that, but I still don't think I recognize it in terms of listening. If I fast forward uh, to when I moved to Germany, when I moved to Germany, I couldn't speak the language. I had to learn German. I had to navigate life listening without knowing the words. <laughs> So then you get really creative in your, your listening on how to figure things out and how to understand people or to how to understand situations. And um, I noticed that in my, I ended up getting a job in corporate communications. And I always felt like my colleagues could actually communicate better than myself and they could speak better. And not only because of the language, but they just had more practice. And, um, but somehow... I was able to be successful in my job. And I didn't have the challenges with people that some other people had, or some of the projects, even though they got a little messy, we ended up figuring it out, or politics that were played in some situations were not played here, you know? And I was like, what is that? And that's when I started looking back at all the different things I've done in my life. And, and you know, I've done a lot of different things and I've done pretty well, you know, things always seem to work out. So I, you know, in, in the different professional choices that I've made. And I think it's because I was able to listen. I really do that, that yes, I'm a communicator. Yes, communication is my profession. And it wasn't the speaking part that brought me forward. It was the listening part that brought me forward and the ability to build relationships and trust through that process. That's when I started noticing, oh, there's something here. I don't need to have to always speak clearly to make things work. I can actually listen and then connect with that person and navigate. And that, that is carrying me forward in terms of the relationship with the journalist or, you know, with the senior managers or, you know, whatever, or no, listening to what steps I should take in order to make things clearer or what people need. So that's where it really hit me. And then um, later, when after I had left the industry and I was doing a lot of group coaching and training and, and working with people thinking about, I guess, more life and leadership stuff. And then I realized that when I was working with groups, I was facilitating them so they could listen to each other. And there was this magic that was happening. And I realized it was because they were listening to each other. And it's really interesting when you're with a group and you just see, you know, you can feel it and you see them connecting. It's, it's really amazing. Um, you probably experienced that a lot. And, but I never talked about listening. I didn't highlight it. I didn't tell them. The reason why that just happened was because you were listening to each other. I thought, you know, we need to shine the light on listening. You know, we just don't realize that that's what's needed. And that's where, that's what got, start, got me started in my journey. And even though I do quite a bit of one-on-one -on -one coaching, what I enjoy the most is working with group and facilitating listening or facilitating 
listening with each other and seeing the magic that happens and what's possible and people being surprised and going deep. Wow, I I will we just picked out uh, from my own listening the 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 interesting choice of words that you used. You said listening with each other, not listening to each other, and I think uh, this one really speaks to one of your podcast guests who talked about the idea of listening as a witness, and uh, the idea of a witness being withness. There's a certain withness. With. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain with you know, listening with people. So I think there's this whole you know, bond bonding. There's this neural coupling. There's this, um, I would say, relationship and connection. This, this formed when people really listen with each other, and that's yeah. where the magic is. That's where the alchemy is. That's where the magic is. Yeah, and I will tell you, if someone's listening to this podcast and doesn't really like people or <laughs> like to be around a lot of people, um, I'm just saying this happens. I um I have clients that like people, but yeah. even if you're not a people person, or you think you don't like people or whatever. The, they, these, these people recognize the, the importance of being with people in order to move projects forward, in order to get change in the organization. So I question whether it is that they don't like people, they tell me I don't like people, but actually they value people. So it's not always about always liking everyone, but valuing people and valuing uh, that they're an important part of the process. And through the listening, you can value people and people are more likely to um, engage and participate and be excited and motivated if they feel listened to. So you don't always have to like people, but you can value them <laughs> through listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, now that you mentioned this, right, it just uh, triggers me to think about um, this this thing that really always gets me a little triggered and a little bothered, um, the idea of networking. I am an introvert, um, and as a speaker and a facilitator, that is the, the most extroverted kind of work that I do. But as, a, as an introvert, going to a networking party used to be such a challenge for me. You know, I would just rather crawl underneath a table than go around um, talking to people, talking to strangers. But um, what really changed for me um, was then when I played a game with myself of reframing, instead of going there to make an impression, I'm just going there with a learner's agenda. I'm just going to go there and, like a journalist, like a like an investigative journalist, right? Just be the person who asks the questions and listen to what people say and see how much interesting information I can pick out in, in an evening. And that has really worked a treat for me. You know, that has allowed me to still stay present without needing to, cl- to, to crawl away into a, to a toilet cubicle uh, or to just um, be standing by the side drinking... Um, um, fruit punch, but really engaging people in conversation in a way that I don't have to be the one talking all the time. And actually, you'll leave more of an impression by doing it that way. Usually, we remember the people who listen to us, not the people who are talking all the time. Start paying attention. Notice the people who leave impressions on you. I bet they've listened to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. That reminds me of that, that the story of, I think, was it Benjamin Disraeli? Uh, who went to a to a the dinner party uh, when 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 people um, I mean people were having conversations with him and his opponent uh, in the, the political race and uh, peop- when, when they interviewed the people who talked to his opponent after that people would say hmm he's a really interest he's a really intelligent person 
but when 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 the people were interviewed, uh, the people who spoke to Benjamin Disraeli were spoken to, and they were asked the same question. They said, "Well, I felt like a very intelligent person talking to him." So um, being a great listener has this impact on people uh, of making them feel really bigger than they really really are. It's there's a certain uplifting kind of uh, impact that you you have there. Mm-hmm. And I want to yeah. ask you this question, Raquel. Um, when yes. When you were growing up, has there been a time when your listening superpower have actually been an Achilles heel rather than a strength um, just because you didn't really understood this superpower? Probably because of how I grew up between two two different cultures and, um, you know, with divorced parents, you know, so you have different, you're kind of back and forth. I, I probably played a mediation role a long time ago of some sort. Um, but I think that has impacted me in a way that I am very flexible. So even with a group or even in a work situation, I can adapt to a situation very quickly and, and pivot um, and work with things. So this is a strength, being flexible, because I can listen to the nuances of what's going on and I can adapt. Um, where that can get in the way is that sometimes if I'm not careful, I can adapt so much to a circumstance, to a person, whatever, that I forget myself. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait, what about me? Right. I can adapt and work with the group, but I have to make sure that I am cared for and my well-being is cared for so I don't burn out or I don't um, get it doesn't get in the way of the work that I'm doing where I get paid, you know? So I have to be very aware and conscious of remembering to listen to myself. And I wasn't always good at that before. And I'll have to tell you, I just, I almost forgot about this. So you know what changed about listening to myself? And I'm still working on it, just so that you know. Um, what was this? This was even before Listening Alchemy started. This is like, I was thinking about listening before that. And I realized I was in coaching. I was good at listening to a lot of people, but I wasn't really good at listening to myself. I had some awareness of that. So I actually decided to listen to myself for a hundred days without really knowing what that would mean. I set up a WhatsApp group. I, WhatsApp groups. (laughs) I invited four people to just be accountability partners. They didn't have to do anything, but I just wanted to have people I was sharing my journey with it was also before I started speaking and doing the podcast, so I had to also get used to sharing my voice with others. This was part of that practice. Wow. And so I did that for 100 days, and I, and I just kind of took it day by day. I didn't know what would happen, um, but um, I really started, at first I thought I was crazy because I started realizing how busy my mind was, and then I would like judge that, and oh, you, oh I shouldn't think that, or you shouldn't think, you shouldn't judge yourself for thinking that. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like a crazy person here. But I found that the more that I listened to my thoughts, to my feelings, to myself, the quieter things did get. And um, if you want to know what the result was, after the 100 days, I ended up um, having a better exercise routine. (laughs) It's not what I expected. (laughs) I got into my pad, you know, I realized my health actually was what came out of that particular exercise besides the practice of sharing my voice, taking, making sure I took moments every day to pay attention to this listening piece in all different ways, in nature, in, with people, with myself. I did all sorts of things. Yeah. Wow. 
And that was that was a that was a great great experience. I really love what you said about re-listening to yourself. I think you have alluded to it so many times throughout this podcast, and uh, listening to mm. your heart, listening to yourself, right, right from the right from the off, you have been talking about listening to yourself. That is such, such a big piece over here, right? It's like the, it's often said that the longest journey a person has to traverse is from the head to the heart, and it's it's, it's the longest journey one has ever have to traverse, actually. Uh, I think that this whole piece of listening to yourself, forgiving yourself, having self-compassion, it's just so huge in today's world. It's huge. Yep. And let me tell you a little secret, <laughs> a little tip on that secret. Often, we want people to li listen equally to us as we listen to them. Yep. If you want that, you will be disappointed. So I have found that the people I listen to are not necessarily the ones who listen to me. So I've learned over time that I need my listening team. I have people that I reach out to who I know will listen to me in a deep way, deep way. And different people will listen in different ways. And so if I need to think business and action-wise, I'll get in touch with people. If it's you know more the emotional side, I might ask someone else. But I tend to have people like who will regularly listen to me. And um, that helps me to listen to myself better. So we can listen to ourselves on our own to a point. But actually, when we have other people listen to us in this full body present way, even if it's asking questions, challenging or uh, reflecting back what they hear me saying, not trying to fix things for us, just, you know, kind of reflecting back, then that helps me to hear myself. And then, then I'm changing and it helps me get clear. So this is something that I would recommend for people listening to this podcast is to find your listening team. Wow, I love it. I've never heard that before, but that is so, that's such a refreshing idea, a listening team, a board of listeners, not a board of advisor, mm -hmm. but a board of listeners. I thought that's so Ah, board powerful. of listeners. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like that it. might be a good thing for organizations to think about. What if we started a board of listeners to partner yeah. with the board of advisors or somehow, you know, yeah, definitely. That would probably change things at a systemic level, which would be nice. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Because since this is a business uh, leadership podcast as well. So, I mean, what is the business ROI, for want of a better word? What is the business case for leaders being better listeners? So there's some researchers out there, um, Dr. Avi Kluger, Dr. Guy Ichakov, and they just put out an article last year, it came out on the power of listening at work, which is a meta-analysis of all the listening research out there and the impact on work and what we know, what we don't know. And we're still learning. So the, the listening research is increasing now much faster. There's a lot of wonderful work. So we will also learn a lot more in the next few years. But what do we know so far? We know that listening impacts performance. What does this mean? Um, if someone listens to the person speaking, the person speaking's performance will go up because they will go beyond their roles and responsibilities. Their organizational citizenship behavior increases. So not just doing what they have to do, but they'll do more. So if you want your team to do more, listening is the way to get there. <laughs> For the listener, when you listen, your performance goes up because you understand the interests, the needs of your customers, your team members, your stakeholders. Salespeople who listen, guess what? They sell more. Negotiators who listen, 
they negotiate better. They even found that when directors of schools listen to the teachers, the kids got better grades. Who knew? Wow. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. And so there's a lot of this stuff happening. Um, so this is with productivity, but also well-being. So when, um, if you're a leader listening to your team, that team member is going to be more satisfied with their job, more motivated, and they're going to uh, appreciate the relationship with you even more. They're going to be more committed to the job. A listener also has well-being. If you're doing listening where you don't feel like you have to fix everything, you know, people sometimes don't want to listen or leaders don't want to listen because they're afraid they can't do anything about it, right? Oh, yes. That's a big one. So they don't want to listen because what if I can't do anything? This is a huge stress. What if you can listen without having to do anything? What if you're listening just for clarity, just to help even that person think through things or to understand? If you're just doing that, you'd be surprised at how often people can take care of their own stuff or know what they need to do next, right? And so if you practice this listening where you don't have to fix or do or whatever, then it's actually good for your well-being. You will actually feel more relaxed that's beautiful. That's Who beautiful. knew? <laughs> Who knew, right? It's like when, especially when you talked about, um, you know, being a great listener instead of having to f- having a fixing agenda would definitely help with with my own mental health and my own wellness. That definitely reminds me of my conversations with my wife. But okay, <laughs> the number okay. of times I I want I... to fix things. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You know, well, just try it. Just go in with your curiosity hat. Just be there and see what happens. Um, Absolutely. You know, just there's one more thing I'd like to share with you. I mean, there's a lot more research. Um, but one of the other things um, is if you we can create structures that allow listening to happen. So it's not just about you being a listener, but is the structure of the meeting or is the structure of what's happening actually allowing listening to happen? Um, so one structure is called a listening circle, and this is very helpful because you're going in a certain order. You're taking, um, calling one name at a time. If the person doesn't feel like it, they can pass. Um, people can ask questions. You don't have to respond to what the next person said. I mean, you, there's lots of different forms of, of, of doing these, these circles and rounds that are out there. Lots of adaptations. Um, the beauty of doing something in this form is that the introverts, they don't want their, the attention on them, but they want to be asked. So they have the option to not speak if they don't want to, but they're asked. So the chances that they will speak is much higher. But if you go around, you know, quite a few times or two or three times or more, depending on the situation, because then they have, might have time to think, observe, and then they're ready. And they don't have to figure it out because they know they're going to get their turn and they know they can pass. Um, the the extrovert or the person who talks and dominates all the time, even though it's uncomfortable at first because I can't jump in, they actually are more relaxed because they don't have to figure out when they can, when they are going to talk. And so they can, they know they're going to get their turn. So they're more likely to listen to everyone in the room. So there's better listening happening. There's better listening happening. People are more relaxed once they trust the process. You have to trust the process, but it gets there pretty quick. And the first couple rounds are like what people normally would say. Then you go, then you get to the good stuff because then it's people are changing each other and there's this collective intelligence that starts happening. Wow, that is such a great exercise. I'm going to try that the next uh, workshop I'm going to be facilitating. I think that's that's brilliant. And it really, mm-hmm. uh, what I really like about that is that it gives both the introverts and extroverts uh, 
and to have their needs met, you know, um, and also give yep. them an equal opportunity to practice the things that they are not great at doing, right? I mean, extroverts may not be great at listening sometimes, and also introverts may not be great at, you know, um, having the, the spotlight shined on them, but they want to be asked. I think that's so beautifully mm-hmm. articulated. Brilliant, brilliant. Wow, I mean, we're coming um, to the hour, and uh, we'll, we normally like to end the podcast by asking our guest uh, some quick-fire questions. And so a quick-fire question is uh, something where you just uh, take a couple of sentences to quickly answer this question. So are you ready for the quick-fire round? I don't know, but I'll try. <laughs> All right, so listen carefully, right? Uh, we are waiting for your golden okay. nuggets. What is the most powerful question you have ever been asked before? The magic that you created at work. How can you create this magic with your son at home? Beautiful. Who is a mentor or supporter who has made a big difference in your life? Dr. Avi Kluger, who is a listening researcher and scientist who's been a mentor. He's a good friend and He's had a huge impact on how I understand and how I work with listening. Just a little bit of a shout out. Uh, my mentor who has made the biggest difference in my life goes by the name of Avi as well. Ah. <laughs> really, so there's something That's common good. here with us. What is one of the most courageous things you have ever done in your life that has made the difference? Probably moving to another country where I didn't speak the language, even though I don't know if I was that courageous. I just did it without thinking. Also, recently went on an expedition where I did cold exposure hiking up a <laughs> snowy mountain with very few clothes with a Vim Hof <laughs> and, <laughs> and I made it and you have to really be centered and listen and be, be corded. I did it and it worked and I'm a Caribbean girl so I am very proud of myself from being someone who would have a wetsuit in a pool in Germany too. <laughs> hiking up a mountain in cold weather. Yes, that has changed because it is about that resilience, listening to what's possible when it's tough and how strong we are. Wow, so beautiful. I, th- I believe that <laughs> your warmth um, radiated out from that and that's what made the difference as well in that cold. But that's a beautiful, beautiful story. Mm-hmm. So, well, Raquel, thank you so much for sharing so many golden nuggets with us today. Uh, from listening to the sounds of the waves to watching the sunset and hiking up a cold mountain um, you know, <laughs> in the Wim Hof method. Wow, thank you so much for all your sharing. I think our listeners have a lot to take home from this uh, podcast episode. Um, if our listeners would like to connect with you, where can we find you online? Well, they can go. you can go to my website, listeningalchemy.com. You can also check out the podcast, the Listening Superpower Podcast. And I hope, Cohen, you'll be on, as a guest on there someday too, because, I mean, I can already tell you, you're an amazing, amazing listener in a lot of different ways. Um, or reach out on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm more active on LinkedIn. So it's great to meet people there. Thank you. We'll include all the links in our show notes below. So once again, thank you very much, Raquel, and thank you, listeners. Um, we look forward to um, really connecting face-to-face, Raquel, someday, somehow, maybe in Puerto Rico, somehow. could be in Germany. Singapore, Europe. Singapore. <laughs> everywhere right it's like 
I believe that um, when our hearts are big enough, I think um, we can shrink the world and um, we can really bring listening across borders. Yes, Thank you, wonderful. Raquel. It's been a pleasure. Wow, what a great conversation with Raquel Ark. What I really like about this conversation is that Raquel really emphasized on the importance of listening to yourself instead of just listening to other people. That was certainly a surprise for me. And to recall, earlier in my podcasting journey, I have a couple of guests who talked about the importance of listening to your heart. And Raquel just drove it home for me. I particularly like her idea of 100 days of listening to yourself and the idea of a curating board of listeners who will listen to yourself. And that is very important because when you create that habit of listening to yourself, you become more aligned and more integrated with yourself. And when you are able to do that, you invariably become a more wholehearted leader who is then able to extend that listening to other people. Raquel shared so many golden nuggets of practical tips and wisdom that we can apply so that we can become better listeners. And I hope that you found value in this episode. And if you did, feel free to share it with your friends, your colleagues, and people who you think may benefit from this conversation. It will definitely help a lot. And sharing is caring. To the next episode, stay tuned, stay wholehearted. Thanks for being part of this heartwarming conversation today. If you've enjoyed the show as much as I have creating it for you, I really appreciate it if you can leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you won't miss a future episode? To the next episode, stay wholehearted.